Let's pray together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Heavenly Father, as we have gathered here today to hear your word and to worship you, we put on the full armor of God. We ask God that we will be strengthened here today and be restored as we're in this new week. Lord, we pray, God, for strength and for wisdom and for guidance, Lord, and most importantly for protection, especially against from the attacks of the enemy. Lord, we need you here today, more today than yesterday. And as the team is in Oregon and as the rest of the church members are here holding the fort down, Lord, may we be strengthened in the unity that is found in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you are the head and we are the body and we'll follow you for the remaining days that we have left here on this earth. So God, as you transition to the message, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening here today, Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God. For you alone are our rock and our redeemer. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. Welcome, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, we miss you. I know that some of our church members are in Oregon having a service there. I just want to encourage for those who have been left behind uh, for you to be steadfast and for you to continue to pray for those who are in Oregon. And we will also be praying for you as well. It's good to be here together to be with you, especially to have service with you, to glorify the Lord together. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you. It is an honor and a privilege to be your pastor. And I pray that through this message, that we'll be strengthened in our faith together. Again, we are the body of Christ, and Jesus Christ is the head of the body. He is the head of the church. So with that, let's go ahead and begin this mini-series is called The Armor. The Armor, and we'll be doing part one, and the title of today's message is called The War. The War. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the midst of one great war. The amputated spirit of this generation, the broken souls and the lives of humanity are at stake. And with this great big war on this earth, in every continent on earth, there are many battles right now as we speak taking place. Just like with the series Marvel, it is not just a story of one hero, but of many. And in the end, just like the movie The Endgame, we will come together, the book of Revelation tells us, to fight the good fight. And as mentioned in Revelation, we will fight, and we are fighting even now as we speak. So the question, who is the greatest Christian alive today? Who is the greatest preacher alive today? Who is the greatest worship leader alive today? The answer is easy. It is not the one with 
leading, the pastor who is leading 15,000 congregation, or the one who is flying in a private jet. Rather, it is the one, that one individual, that one small faithful church that is faithfully serving the Lord. It's probably a pastor, a preacher, or a church that you never even heard of. But they're on the ground, humbly serving the Lord faithfully. Not for clout, not for attention, not for anything else. But they're serving the Lord faithfully in the Lord, in humility. Just as Paul mentions in Philippians chapter 2. To have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So the pastors, missionaries, and lay members who are serving the Lord faithfully throughout the whole globe, the Lord bless you, for you are in the midst of the great war. The Lord bless you, and you are truly blessed beyond measure than you will ever know. The Lord is with you, warriors, warriors of Christ. The Lord is with you, and the Lord loves you. And on the flip side of that, the enemy hates you. Satan hates you. He desires to kill you. And the world hates you as well. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And with that, let me go ahead and start with our main passage, our main scripture here today, found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. The heading says, the armor of God. And then let's begin with verse 10. It says, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we, we're going to add therefore we before our points. Point number one. Remain strong. Remain strong. So point letter A, in Jesus. B, in his mighty power, as it tells us in Ephesians 6 in our main scripture here today. Life comes down to one thing, one main thing. And what is that? That main thing is to remain strong in the Lord for Christians. For those who are already saved, for those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, for those who have true faith, who are true and real and genuine Christians, who are fighting and suffering in this world, for we do not belong to the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are called to remain strong in the Lord. As it says in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, finally, what does it say? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's a short verse, but it's truly a powerful verse indeed. It is a powerful one indeed. Just how powerful is our Lord? Let me just give you reference of Job, of how powerful our God is. As we know the story of Job, Job undergoes 
many trials, many testings, and many sufferings. He is in the world, but he is not of the world. God called him to be set apart away from the world. And we know the story. Briefly, we know the story of Job. Even kids know it, even though kids call it Job, right? Job, J-O-B. But we understand that through the story of Job, in the midst of his suffering, in the midst of everything that he is going through, the Lord comes to him on the 38th chapter of the book of Job. And this is what Yahweh says. He reminds Job of who he is. Who he is. That he is the great I am. Who was and is to come. So here the Lord speaks. If you could turn with me to the 38th chapter of Job. Starting with verse 1. If you have your Bibles with me, please turn there and follow me together. It says this, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness... When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves hold. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? That it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it. The earth takes shape like a clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light, and where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you're already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for the times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm? To water our land where no one lives, an uninhibited desert to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens when the waters become hard as stone? 
When the surface of the deep is frozen, can the blind chains of the Pleiades, can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with his cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with the flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you? Here we are. Who gives the abyss wisdom or gives the rooster understanding? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens when the dust becomes hard and the clouds of earth stick together? Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in a thicket? Who provides food for the raven when his young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? Going on further, the 39th chapter of Job, the Lord says, Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Do you count the months till they bear? Do you know the time they give birth? They crash down and bring forth their young. Their labor pains are ended. Their young thrive and grow strong in the wilds. They leave and do not return. Who let the wild donkeys go free? Who untied its ropes? I give it the wasteland. As his home, the salt flats as his habitat. It laughs at the commotion in the town. It does not hear a driver's shout. It ranges the hills for his pasture and searches for any green thing. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Will it stay by your manger at night? Can you hold it to the furrow with a harness? Will it to the valleys behind you? Will you rely on it for its great strength? Will you leave your heavy work to it? Will you trust it to haul in your grain and bring it to your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully, though they cannot compare with the wings and feathers of the stork. She lays her eggs on the ground and lets them warm in the sand, are mindful that a foot may crush them, that some wild animals may trample them. She treats her young harshly as if they were not hers. She cares not that her with wisdom. She cares not that her labor was in vain, for God did not endow her with wisdom or give her a share of good sense. Yet when she spreads her feathers to run, she laughs at horse and rider. Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make a leap like a locust, striking terror with this proud snorting, it paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength, and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side, along with the flashing spear and lens. And frenzy, excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, it snorts. Ah! Catches the scent of battle from afar. The shout of commanders and the battle cry. Does the hawk take flight? By your wisdom, and spread its wings toward the south. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? It dwells on a cliff and stays there at night. A rocky crag is its stronghold. From there it looks for food. Its eyes detect it from afar. Its young ones feast on blood. And where the slain are, there it 
is. And chapter 40 of Joe continuing on. Are you with me? Let's continue. The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, and this is how we should all answer the Lord in our trials, in our suffering, in the unfairness of life. This is what we need to say. And Job is a perfect example of how we need to be. I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I had no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. And with humility. And you would think that the Lord is finished, but he goes further. Let's go on and continue verse 6. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's and can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at all who are proud and bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble them. Crush the wicked where they stand. Bury them all in the dust together. Shroud their faces in the grave. Then I myself will admit to you that your own right hand can save you. Look at Behemoth, which I made along with you, which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength it has in its loins. What power in the muscle of its belly. Its tail sways like a cedar, and sinews of its thighs are close-knit. Its bones are tooths of bronze, its limbs like rods of iron. It ranks first among the works of God, yet its maker can approach it with his sword. The hills bring it to their produce, and all the wild animals play nearby. Under the lotus plant it lies, hidden among the reeds in the marsh. The lotuses conceal it in their shadow. The poplars by the stream surrounded, by the stream surrounded. A raging river does not alarm it. It is secure, though the Jordan should surge against its mouth. Can anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce its nose? Continue on farther. Chapter 41. Can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook? Or tie down his tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will it keep begging you for mercy? Will it speak to you with gentle words? Will it make an agreement with you for you to take it as your slave for life? Can you make it a pet of it like a bird? Or put it on a leash for the young woman in your house? Will traders barter for it? Will they divide it up among the merchants? Can you fill its hide with harpoons or its head with fishing spears? If you lay a hand on it, you will remember the struggle and never do it again in hope of subduing. It is false. The mere sight of it is overpowering. No one is fierce enough to rouse it. Who then is able to stand against me? Who has a claim against me that I must pay? Everything under heaven belongs to me. I will not fail to speak of Leviathan's limbs, his strength and his graceful form. Can strip off its outer coat, who can penetrate its double coat of armor, who dares open the door of his mouth, 
ringed about with fearsome teeth. Its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. They're joined fast to one another. They cling together and cannot be parted. It's snorting, throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flame streams from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning needs. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. Strength dies in its neck. Dismay goes before it. The holes of its flesh are tightly joined. They are firm and immovable. Its chest is hard as rock, hard as a lower millstone. When it rises up, the mighty are terrified. They retreat before its threshing. The sword that reaches it has no effect, nor does the spear or the dart or the javelin, iron, it treats like straw and bronze like rotten wood. Arrows do not make it flee. Sling stones are like shaft to it. A club seems to it but a piece of straw. It laughs at the rattling of the lance. Its underside are jagged postures, leaving a trail in the mud like a threshing sledge. It makes the depths churn like a boiling cauldron. Caldron and stirs up the sea like a pot of ointment. Leaves a glistening wake behind it. One would think the deep had white hair. Nothing on earth is as equal, a creature without fear. It looks down on all that are haughty. It is king over all that are proud. And lastly, thank you for following with me. It is a blessing to read the word of God. Amen. Let's close together, ending with this, chapter 42. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself, repent in dust and ashes. And that's what happens to us when we face the Lord face to face. All we can do is repent, for we are nothing but dust and ashes. That's it. Here today and gone tomorrow. But he is the living God who was here yesterday, today, and forever he will reign forever for all of eternity. Epilogue verse 7. After the Lord has said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I'm angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, Nemethite, did what the Lord told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. 
They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Joel's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima. The second, Keziah. And the third, Keren Hapuk. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. And their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. So Job died an old man and full of years. Amen. And amen. I could not describe it with my own words. For I am a finite and a small being of how amazing and how powerful the Lord is, all I could do is read the book of Job, what we just read here today, starting from chapter 38 to chapter 42. And the Lord here gives a perfect image of who he is and how powerful he is in these four chapters. So I had to read it. And thank you for following along. I know it's a long reading. But the Lord shows us in these four chapters of the book of Job, from chapter 38 to 42, just how powerful he is. Not only does the Lord show us how powerful the behemoth is, but he goes on and he talks about Leviathan. And they are known as the most powerful creature as mentioned here in chapter 41 of Job. And we see that many people will tremble at the face of monsters or behind what is behind inside the scary dark closet. Many people tremble even at tiny little bugs when in reality they are more scared of you. However, we must understand this. Whether it's a bohemoth Leviathan, or whatever it may be, whatever we fear, we need to understand that our Lord is the creator of all of creature, the things that we are afraid of, things that we cannot control. He created all the creatures mentioned past, present, and future. He controls the weather. He controls all things, for he is the creator, and he is God, and he created you. Therefore, going back to our point number one, Therefore, we remain strong. In who? In Jesus. So point A, in Jesus. So point B, in his mighty power. And here, from chapter 38 to 42, we see the power of God, of how powerful he is. Therefore, we remain strong. And lastly, point number two. Therefore, we Put on, put on, put on what? So point A, the armor, and take a stand against evil. B, the armor, and fight against evil. 
We put on the armor, we, the armor, the armor. What armor? The armor of God. Every single one of us Christians, we are called to fight. There's not a single person who should not fight, who cannot fight. There are no excuses. We're all called to put on the armor of God. And for children, adults, where are you? What are we doing? We need to help put on the armor for our children, and we need to teach them how to put on the armor for our children. Imagine having a baby, and you tell the baby infant, okay, you go ahead and you drink the milk yourself, you feed yourself, you get rid of yourself, and you clean yourself. I mean, imagine how ludicrous, how ludicrous it is. For you to tell a child to put on the armor. It is our job to teach the children on how to put on the armor of God. And they are looking up to us as an example. How do we put on the armor of God? We need to put on all of them. Every single one. Iron Man is not Iron Man. It's not complete with just the hand or just the helmet. It is not complete. But children, until they're able, we need to help put on the armor for our children. It's like saying, throwing clothes to an infant. Okay, you dress yourself. And reality is, none of us have made it on our own. We all came to be at the hands of our friends, peers, mentors, leaders, church, ultimately the Lord, yes. But we were all raised by a community, by a village. It's like that saying, it takes a whole village to raise and to educate the child. But it also takes a one rotten apple to rotten the whole batch, the whole community. Therefore, it is both. They, the community, the environment needs to be healthy. And second, I, you as an individual, I also need to be healthy for the community. I'm not talking about crazy pronouns that's happening in this generation, that this generation is so into. I'm talking about you as an individual and they as a church, as others. I am talking about the give and the take and how to be a healthy community. That's why it says in verse 11 to 12, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be closing with this. Again, going back to the title of today's message called 
the armor, part one, the war. Remember, we're in the midst of the war, the war, the great war. And again, we were reminded that because we're in the midst of this war, therefore we what? Point number one, remain strong in Jesus and in his mighty power. And point number two, we put on the armor and take a stand against evil. We put on the armor and fight against evil. So it's not just about remaining strong and standing where we are, standing firm, but it's also about fighting, fighting the good fight. And here I want to end it with what Paul tells Timothy twice in the book of Timothy. Again, there's 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And twice Paul tells Timothy, his beloved spiritual son, to the next generation. He tells Timothy this. He says this. The first thing that he says is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, but you, man of God, he's reminding Timothy of who he is. You are a man of God. Flee from all this and pursue what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed and our only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor. And might forever, amen and amen. Does this not remind you of what the Lord said about himself in Job 38 to 42? Here's the second part and the last part that Paul tells Timothy. He says a similar thing, same thing. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. Second Timothy chapter 4, it says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Twice, Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight. And he tells him that I have also fought the good fight. And I have finished the race and have kept the faith. So what does that mean, men and women of God? It's simple. The armor Ephesians 6, we need to put on the full armor of God. It's a fight. You are a warrior, and we are called to fight this good fight. And we must fight for one another. How do we fight for one another? We encourage one another. We pray for one another. You pray for me, and I pray for you. We help those who are in need, and we become a community that loves God and that loves our neighbors. As ourselves, we follow the model of what Christ did for us and what He did in us. Amen. And amen. amen. So let's come together now and with this message, even though we are geographically, we're in a different place, but we are always in the presence of the Lord. 
May we come together now and with our eyes closed, let's take a moment to pray for one another. Let us pray for our church. If you could also pray for me as well and as I pray for you. Let us come together now and let us pray before our Father in heaven, asking God to give us strength and for us to remain strong in this fight, to remain standing and also to remain fighting in the Lord. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for for the Sunday that we can spend. We ask God you will strengthen us and that you will help us. And be in help us to fight this place of worship. Thank you for the place that you have provided for us. Holy Father, we love our community in our church thank you Father for your faithfulness in each and every one of us our families thank you for the message that we just just heard mighty God I pray for each and every one my brothers and sisters in the congregation our community pray that we will be more closer to you be more faithful to you. And Father, I ask for, I pray for forgiveness for everything that we have cherished in our, uh, in our lives, for our uh, disobedience, for not, uh, not praying enough and not uh, meditating on your word. We also pray for forgiveness for the sins our families and friends teach us your ways that we have committed mighty father some of them turn away from you mighty God you're the only one that can change them you're the only one that you who can transform their life for all the leaders and father missionaries father all around the globe and we lay everything fight. all our burdens on our words we need your God today more today on than your yesterday feet, Holy Spirit come we lay everything on your feet because we cannot do this your way within us. do this alone strengthen us we cannot deal us. with all these protect us Lord we need you. with all these struggles we need you more today in our own Holy Spirit come and have your way I pray Father that you will Father you will strengthen us. Pray that you always guide us in our in our walk with you. Thank you. Let's sing not because of who I am. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Yes. Not because of what I've done. Not because of who you are. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading here today and gone. 
tossed in the ocean, a vapor and a wind still you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor and a wind still you. Hear me when I'm calling, Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor and a wind, still you hear me when I'm calling, Lord you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am, I am yours, I'm yours. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Heavenly Father, we look to you. We ask for strength. And daily we put on the full armor of God, and we will fight daily, each and every single day. We will fight this good fight by praying for one another, by being united in mind and heart and in spirit. And we will look to you, Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who is the head of this church, of this body. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, just cause let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Let us pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give to you what is already yours. May we be able to use it wisely and use it to further the work of your kingdom here on this earth. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give to you, and we give with a generous and out of a generous heart, not enforced, not because we are pressured to, but simply because, Lord, we desire to. So we give you all the glory and all the honor, and we pray all these things. In your precious Son, just cause let me pray. And God's people pray, amen. Amen. And amen. Amen.
Let's all pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you, and may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now may the unending pursuit, may the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which surpasses all the knowledge of this world, continue to keep you, guide you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you guys all next week. Amen.